And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm helping helps your business grow. So what's your purpose as an entrepreneur? Do you know what your purpose is? Because I got to tell you what. It seems to me that a lot of people don't. You got to love who you are and what you do, which are words written and spoken by today's guest. And we're going to talk all about purpose first entrepreneurs and probably quite a few other things. And before we get too far into that, a quick reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. That's my business, and I'd love the chance to talk to you about it. Go to the Fullscale site, click the link in the header that says Getting Started, answer a couple questions so I can hopefully give you some good advice when we talk. Now, speaking of good advice, I'm hoping to get a little bit out of my conversation today with Pete Wilkins. And Pete is the managing director of HPA, which stands for Hyde Park Angels. And he's also the author of Purpose First Entrepreneur. Now, you can go to PurposeFirstEntrepreneur.com if you can manage to spell that all on your own. But I'll make it easy and tell you that there's a link in the show notes. If you just scroll down and click it, you can learn a whole lot about how Pete is trying to change your life. So let's go ahead and get started with this conversation. Pete, welcome to Startup Hustle. Matt, much appreciated. I'm really looking forward to today's show. Yeah, me too. I, you know, and I think all entrepreneurs on many days are struggling to find our purpose, even though it should probably be well-defined. So let's, let's, uh, let's let our intentions be known and, uh, start off with a little bit of backstory about you and, uh, and, and why you, uh, why you were crazy enough to want to write a book. Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I certainly was crazy. I mean, the bottom line was, is, or the bottom line is, is that many of the entrepreneurs that I came in contact were really looking to put their purpose to work on a daily basis and use that as a differentiation to build a culture that built great companies. And so based on my experience, decided to take those learnings I had and take a look at those that had similar learnings and put it in a book so people could use it on an ongoing basis. So when it comes to our purpose. And well, let's back up for a second, because I mentioned earlier, HPA, Hyde Park Angels. So you've interfaced with a ton of entrepreneurs on the way to either giving them funding or telling them to maybe go figure out a little bit more about their purpose, right? Yeah, I I have. And, you know, HPA is the most active early stage investor in Chicago, one of the top ones in the Midwest. And, you know, the, the thing that's great about entrepreneurs is that they believe um, and they believe what they see as the future, what their vision is, is can be a reality. And most of them, by the time I connect with them, actually have a pretty good sense of what's driving them, what's their purpose. But as they start building their companies and they start facing roadblocks, whether it's a seed company or, you know, a future unicorn or even unicorn founders that have kind of taken that path. 
they reflect and they think about how can they really take what they have done and codify it to build into their culture. And, you know, that's a lot of what I talk about in the book. How do you do that? How do you fundamentally take the lessons learned from my background, other entrepreneurs' background, and put them into practice? So when it comes to defining your purpose, I mean, where do we start? So I'm going to, as you can see, I even pause as I begin to answer the question. I think that (laughs) it is, it's complicated because I think that many times your purpose finds you. And surprisingly, many times that occurs when you're probably at rock bottom um, or you're facing challenges that you don't think you can overcome. And as a result, uh, it forces you to really determine what is going to motivate you to get your pick yourself up from your bootstraps? I think on the flip side, sometimes you see a problem in market and you say, hey, I'm going to develop a solution. And you get so jacked about doing it. All of a sudden, your life is all about that. And you start pursuing it and it motivates you every single day. And I think, you know, that's where the book really focuses on is how you find your purpose um, really it comes from a bunch of different ways. I create a theory though, or principles of how do you really put that together so you can practice it on a regular basis. And I think fundamentally, those are core things to drive in your business. You know, I'll go for that. In my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, I talk all about starting my very first, like what I'll call real business. I had done things in the past that were entrepreneurial, but nothing at the scale is, and you know, it, it literally, I started it at the worst time in my life to start a business. It was right after the quote unquote real estate bubble. I had quit my job to go back to school and I had been an adult student for like a year and a half. So basically bottom line is I was pretty much broke at that point. And, and you know what, my purpose did kind of find me. Uh, I don't think I realized it at the time, but I, ha- I did feel like so many other entrepreneurs do that I had this manifest destiny to do something, you know, like I think in the end, um, I, uh, you know, I, and I was, didn't know I was doing it at the time. I was really working hard towards making myself unemployable, uh, meaning I had to rely on myself, which is something that, you know, so many entrepreneurs uh, have to learn how to do. So it, what do you think that there's, is there something about, about, the world that seems to present your purpose to you at the time when you least expect it, or maybe can least handle it? Well, I think that the short answer is yes. And I think many times you are present to the opportunity and you capture it. Um, And so, you know, from how I started, Matt, is similar to you, probably a little bit more tragic, though. And this is where my book starts is that you know, I, I was 19 years old. I um, <clears throat> had just lost my father, passed away the year before, and he was um, actually a single parent father that raised seven kids. I was the seventh. Uh, and I was brutally attacked um, on the December 23rd. And I was when I woke up two weeks later, I was in a position where I had to rebuild my entire life. And from that, coming from a lower middle-class family, I had really no type of 
foundation to build from. And so one of the other things is that my whole identity of who I was and what I knew myself as had rapidly changed. I was a college football player. You know, I ended up going from 200 pounds to 145. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I had difficulty to do everything that I was perfectly capable of. And the sad part about all of it was my father, who was my best friend, um, had passed away. So my rock or my stability was gone. And so, you know, I, I think that that starts something that I think many entrepreneurs can associate with is, you know, how do you fundamentally galvanize and taking steps when you're at that position? And sometimes like you're saying, Matt, is you don't have anywhere else to go. You're unemployable. Um, and you make a lot of big leaps in order to ensure that you can get to where you need to be. Um, and in my, my circumstances, that's exactly what I did is once I was able to figure out, okay, I'm safe. I'm in a position where I can move forward. You start taking one stop step after another. And ironically enough, school was actually now my new purpose because I didn't have anything else to really support me, but my future. And so in doing that, uh, I, it was a long process, but my first kind of goal was, was to get back into school, which I was paying for and start building a path to fundamentally be an entrepreneur. So, um, you know, I don't know if that connected directly to what you were saying, Matt, but I think that it kind of speaks to where I started really kind of galvanizing this idea of where purpose, it, it creates meaning in your life. And, and I'll talk more about that as we go through the show. So purpose, according to the internet, and that's who I'm going to cite on this because it, it, it's a noun and it's the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists and similar terms for that motive, motivation, grounds, cause, impetus, occasion, reasoning. And, you know, and, and I, you know, then uh, there's also ver a verb a purpose and have one's intention or objective. And, you know, I think that that's, you know, there's always a lot of discussion about the term purpose and you've got things like purpose driven and, you know, we've even shaped some of our company at full scale around that. And really in the end, and I've done a lot of research and, and getting into this is when you, when people in general feel like they have a purpose, they do a lot better, just like they do a lot better externally and internally. Like you get up and you realize like, why am I here? You know, and, and I think that, um, you know, whether some people find religious focus around that, some people just find personal meaning around it, but overall, like having that quote unquote purpose makes us better, uh, as people. And I think that that's been really known for a while and try to develop it into something, but just knowing that you feel like your purpose is going to be an, is to be an entrepreneur isn't necessarily enough to become one. So how do you, how do you believe you go about making these things actionable? So I think that speaking to your, to your point, that is uh, a f fundamental thing that I speak about is I think play to your strengths, identify what you love and determine how that makes things better. And if you can really cross section that um, you can really start to build on that purpose. 
your point that you were talking about earlier was once you identify what that meaning is, it changes the game because it motivates you. And I think you can build, and I'll, I'll speak to that, but, you know, really builds that culture in your organization that motivates others. And so I think that those things are critical to start building on your purpose. And I'll speak a little bit later about how do you do that on a day-to-day basis. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that if you're going to, my goal as an entrepreneur has always been to build something bigger than me, you know, cause there's a lot of, there's a lot, you know, most businesses are a one man show or one woman show. I mean, that's just statistics. Most people are a sole proprietor, maybe not officially legally, but they are cause there's only one person there. Um, and you know, as you begin to grow your business, you do have to define the purpose of the business. Like at full scale, our purpose is to, our purpose is to help our clients win and be successful, and that's enough. I mean, that's enough to get get started. Um, you know, but but with that, it's I think that also for me, purpose can can change over time. You know, my purpose as uh, I have two hundred and twenty employees globally now. My purpose is a lot different than it was four years ago when I had four. Sure. And, and, and that changes. So how do you, how do you begin to measure your performance or your needs or like, I don't know that, you know, as, as, as business owners or people that want to be business owners, we're taught to, well, and even as VCs, we're taught to quantify data and say, are we moving forward? But purpose is not something that is, it, well, it, well, it's not truly tangible. I can't, Hey, Hey, here's a slice of purpose. Enjoy. So I think you hit it right. You hit the nail um, right on the head with regards to your comments about purpose is why does it matter? And I think fundamentally every business can, can identify what that is. And I think what in the book, you know, Purpose First Entrepreneur, what I'm trying to do is help people direct that energy to building a business. And I think that when you can identify what your purpose is, and then bring that into your business. It doesn't have to be something that's going to be like medically going to change the world, such as curing cancer or coming up with the next vaccine for COVID or whatever it may be. It's a matter of what you do, how does it make a difference? And just like you were saying about you know, full scale, you're creating the opportunity to allow people to build businesses that are going to have an enormous impact that ranges from everything from probably a direct to consumer product to an enterprise product that is going to have enormous impact in people's lives. And so what I think you need to do is figure out how do you really create direction on that. But I think the next thing that we were talking a little bit about is the whole idea of, of building principles underneath that purpose so that what I refer to as purpose pillars, that those are your core values. And those core values kind of built around your honor, love, wellness, and goodness that can be both applicable in your business, professional life, and your personal life. So uh, you're hitting so many of, of my uh, of my key points. So I have a different book called Balance Me that my theory on that was that, uh, you know, people will talk about work-life balance and you mentioned personal and professional. I actually think that there's a cer- third side of it. There's physical and, uh, you know, and you got to have a balance. I just refer to it as just the three P's, personal, professional, and physical. Now, 
oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we overdrive the professional part and the other parts of our life suffer. And one thing I learned and, and I feel really strongly about is that if you are over-invested in one of those three categories, the other two are going to come back to claim balance. You mentioned like, you know, if you're 95% of your focus is on your business, your personal life's going to suffer. Maybe your wife might leave you. Your kids are going to end up being assholes because you weren't around. And, or, or physically, you know, like, and this is something I struggle with because I get so wrapped up in what I'm doing. I don't always exercise or I don't always eat well. And, kind of end up fat and lethargic. And, you know, I'll tell you what, if you have a major health incident, uh, you're not going to be able to give attention to, you're not going to, you're certainly not going to be putting 95% in to the business. And, you know, overall, like, uh, you know, in the end, so much of this is about generating a little bit of peace of mind. And, you know, that's another thing is you talk about the purpose. Well, at full scale, we sell peace of mind. I mean, that's, yes, we sell tech services and, and help, but really the peace of mind of knowing that you can find someone that can jump in and be a contributor right away, which is a tough thing as an entrepreneur. Anytime you hire people and want to grow, you never know. And, and especially when you're trying to, when you're in a, an economy like we are right now, where, you know, there's 400,000 open IT jobs in the U.S., you got to be able to uh, find what you need to grow your business or you're screwed. Yep. You know, and it's just like, and that's just a simple fact. So, you know, when it comes to, to comes to that, and I think you, you even alluded to that earlier, like you mentioned, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear about the, the struggles you had with both with losing your father and then also, you know, the, the attack. But I think that also kind of shows like with the physical side of it, you probably had a different appreciation for that kind of purpose as well. Yeah, I think that, you know, I'm going to build, we can go back to that because that that incident, I think a lot of people experience in different ways, but meaning that, you know, they don't have direction and they need direction. And I think that I'm going to speak to what you were talking about. Uh, I have this concept um, that I kind of start to present in chapter 10 of the book called the Startup Athlete. And let me provide kind of why I get to the startup athlete in a book that's called Purpose First. Fundamentally, to your point, direction is what purpose gives you. Purpose pillars provide a foundation to build on that, which is core to how you operate as a person and I think is essential for your long-term satisfaction. But day in, day out, as business and business owners, entrepreneurs, we're making decisions and those decisions should be done intentionally and they should be done with purpose. And, you know, I really speak to this whole idea of, you know, the, the, the combination or the accumulation of all your decisions ultimately are your reality of what you are living in. So if you believe that, if you believe direction is important and values are core to what I do and decisions are fundamental to how my life will present itself, you better be prepared to make good decisions And to make good decisions, you have to be like an athlete. And to your point, you know, I speak to the idea of being emotionally, physically, and mentally healthy. And also, you know, putting that in, understanding the landscape that you're, you know, the playing field that you're on, the landscape you're in from a competitive perspective. Are you even in the right environment to compete? Is your product the right solution? And you hear a lot of these startup lingo, pivot, and so forth, but maybe you pivot even where you are. And I speak to to those elements and how important those are. And then you mentioned the role of your emotional connections, which I refer to as fans. 
like a lot of people need to get rid of people that are bad fans in their lives. They're going to be a lot better off because of it. And they better nurture the relationships of their good fans because those are going to be the people you need to pick you up when you're down and to celebrate when you win. And so this idea of really conditioning in a way that you're thinking of it really puts you in a better perspective. And, and the, the book is really designed, and I certainly speak about how to start a business, but it will give you some sense of how to build on it. Yeah, as far as like, and you know, you're spot on in that regards, because like I said, if you're if you're way out of it, for some other reason, you can't you can't, uh, uh, you can't be meaningful and, and effective. Uh, I, I love the point about, you, you know, if you want to preach the word of, of making good decisions, you better be ready to make good decisions. Um, it's, a, it's unbelievable. Like, and, and so someone out there listening to that is going, man, that sounds like a really simplistic thing. Yeah, well, a lot of this stuff in life is simplistic. This isn't overly complicated. You know, it's like, um, it's, it's like I mentioned at full scale, our, our, our purpose is to help our clients win. Well, I better be ready to do that too. Cause the moment that yeah, I'm telling you, people can, people, not only you do business with, but people also at your business, uh, they're going to see right through your bullshit. If you're, if you're, you know, it's easy to say it, it's another thing to do it. So um, as far as all of that goes, um, I mean, how do you stay true to it though? Like, I mean, well, is it, I, mean, I feel I think, like with the athlete thing, that's about reps and practice. And I think that that's kind of like what I'm thinking in that regard. You just got to do it all day, every day. Well, and I think that, you know, it goes back to do it all day. First of all, you got to be present that you're doing it because half of the people don't even know they're making decisions. And at the same time, they don't even think about what their desired outcome when they're making those decisions. So I talk a lot about being present in those decisions. And, I, and I'll talk, you know, I'll pause for a second on this and, and let you provide some comments because I'm building off of yours. But I want to talk about just negotiations uh, around a term sheet, for example, about being present and making the right decision. So head it back to you, Matt, to see if that kind of connects on, on your question to me. Well, I think when it, you know, how do you, I, well, I think you got to walk the walk. Um, you know, like I, I think there's a lot of people out there that say a lot of stuff and I think most of them don't do it, you know, like, and it's, I think that I'm 46 years old at the time of this recording. And, um, as, as I get older, um, I'm trying to do less stuff and trying to be better at it, which is like a focal thing, you know, and, and, you know, I, and one of the things that drives me nuts is, you know, people throw a lot of cliche lines out there and say all, say all the right things or the things that they think are the right things. And then they turn around and do something completely opposite. And, you know, like, what's the point? Yep. Well, I think there, there's, it kind of goes back to what you identify going back to your purpose pillars you know, what's your honor system? What's your honor code? And I think that's core to establishing it. If you stand it up and don't actually honor it, then, you know, you don't have the integrity to actually do what you want to do. And that comes back on the reflection of probably the outcomes you're getting. Going back to this, this idea of decisions, though, which I think is essential. And you're right. I mean, I think that doing it is hard, but being committed to it is critical and making sure those decisions are purposeful, both in the 
going to the true north, but also intentional uh, are is core. And in Purpose First, I really talk about a formula to think about these decisions. And to your point, you're talking about reps. It is reps. It's around making sure that you're thinking about this on an ongoing basis, reflecting on when you didn't and when you did and how those results actually turned out and then doing them differently. And I don't think it's, and I really talk a lot about this, it's not perfect. It's progress, meaning that if you're thinking about it on a regular basis, you you know, your whole improvement loop um, certainly is in play. So I think it is not, is just that. It is reps and thinking about your decisions and being aware of those. Yeah, and, and I want to talk more about that after I give you a quick reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build software team quickly and affordably. Now, you know, we're talking about reps and practice, and I, I think you have a really key point here. So there's too many people will look at, they look at the whole thing they want to accomplish as one act. Like for, and I'm going to use weight loss here because this is a very universal thing. People, man, I need to lose 30 pounds. First off, we all do. Second off, your mind doesn't wrap itself around that because you can't just lose 30 pounds. Like you literally do that like a quarter pound at a time. And, you know, there's, you were talking about cliche sayings. Well, you get, if you're going to eat the elephant, you got to do it one bite at a time. And I think that uh, you mentioned the constant improvement. So like if you get 1% better every day, you're going to be really good in a hurry. And, and we we're in this kind of microwave culture where we expect everything to happen in 30 seconds. And uh, there's so many people that I know that are quote influencers or whatever. They're like, Oh my God, they were, they weren't there. And then all of a sudden they were, yeah. The likelihood is that person's probably been doing that shit every day for about eight years. And, you know, we had one lady on the show who said, yeah, I'm an overnight sensation, eight years in the making. And, you know, and, and with that, that's the whole, that's the whole key point here is, you, you set a plan to change and you got, or, or just do something. And it is a one day at a time kind of thing. And you're not going to win every day. The key is, is getting back and doing it. Now, self-discipline, I described self-discipline as doing the things that you don't want to do at the times you need to do them the most. And it's a challenge because overall, as people, we are just very, as a culture are very not disciplined at all. And, you know, and but these are the things, especially as a leader and an entrepreneur, that you're going to set cultural uh, uh, understanding for in your organization. They're like, oh, Matt only shows up to work one day a week, so maybe we should too. And you know, these are the kind of things you have to you have to be aware of and be ready to do as you move forward. Or, I mean, I think invariably you're going to fail. Now, with that, change is difficult, and people hate making changes. So just know that if you're trying to create purpose, set purpose, or make any kind of effective change, it's going to be difficult. You're going to encounter resistance and you're going to have, and like you mentioned, it's, you have to kind of go back and, and tune it up all yep. along the way. I, I actually compare it to like, uh, like a kit, like a children's toy, like a top, you spin it and it has a nice tight rotation and it'll start to wobble and it'll fall over. And you want to let, let it just sit there. You're going to, pick it up and take another spin. Cause that's, I, in my opinion, that's how business and life come down the pipeline. You know, and, and that's, 
that's exactly what we dig into the book. And the idea is like, it's simple. And you, you can you see is discover your purpose, turn it into a thriving career or business, and then perform at an elite level. And so once you have direction and you have your values, you fundamentally just perform. And I think your, your objective in performance, which is your behavior, will show you results. And I think so many people are like the only results they feel are okay are success. And I think it's a spectrum. Those results are in a spectrum from success to failure. And if you choose to perform, you're going to probably hit failure more than you're going to hit success. And the idea is this performance equation that I, and, and the equation and all that stuff isn't meant to be like, I have some magic way to do it. It's a formula or a framework for thinking that can be discussed. And it comes back to just how are you managing your behavior, your performance to achieve the results you want? And how do you look at those in a constructive way? Because I will tell you, like I've had business success in my career. I've had been a part of a company that was wildly successful, another company that went public. I've been an investor in um, companies that have become unicorns from seed investments, blah, 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 blah. That doesn't matter. It's the performance every day that matters. And I will tell you the most important stories that I hear and that I've lived come from when shit happens and you make it better regardless of what the circumstances are. And that's really what in this book it is really talking about. And I, and I start with stories, personal stories about my health and my family life and how that is constructive. And I talk about failures because that truly is the journey of life. And I'm trying to create a framework to provide people personal and professional ways to navigate that. And I'll throw in yours, let's talk, physical. Well, let's talk about, let's, <laughs> I, hey, I couldn't just be work life, but right. there aren't, there is more to than that, you 100%. know? So I want to talk, I want to talk about success for a minute because I think you're spot on. Now, one thing I want to remind everyone listening, it's you that defines whether you're successful or not, not everybody else. And, you know, that's too many, like you shouldn't compare your quote success to Pete or me or anyone else. Like if you really, in the end, it's like when people ask us, well, when are you financially successful? When, whatever point you're not worried about money anymore. Okay. Well, what is that? I don't know. It's different for everyone. You know, it'd be different for you. It'd be different for me. Like, and I think too many people let everyone else. It's like you mentioned, uh, like, dude, how many, how many startups are actually going to become unicorns? Cause it's a freaking small number. That doesn't mean you can't be wildly successful without it. Now, uh, just the other, just the other day I got, I mentioned we have 220 employees in the Philippines. My employees as unbeknownst to me, created a thing called project giving. They raised some money amongst themselves and they went and gave books and food to a bunch of elementary school students. I cried when I saw the video that they sent me because I felt like as an organization, we were so amazingly successful at that moment because we delivered just good to the world. Like, I mean, I, there's not a chart or a graph or a valuation or a, a PL that that's going to show that on there. Like I felt like we were highly successful because we'd created a culture of giving and, you know, and, and so once again, that's, it's a self, like it's a self-determined thing. So I think it's important if you want to be purpose-driven that your well, your purpose is your own. 
hundred percent. And your, your, your determination of success is your own. It's going to be different. Like Elon Musk is not, would not be very happy with our PL for this year compared to his. That's okay. That doesn't mean we're not successful because we're super happy with it. So, you know, just know that you're the one that determines these things and don't let, I don't know. I think just, I think you just overall better in life when you learned it, you mentioned earlier in the, in the conversation, tuning out the bad fans. And I talk about that in my book, balance me. I'm like, you got to get rid of those people. Like these are the people that these are the can't, won't, shouldn't, and isn't going to happen crowd. And I think once you get rid of those folks, you'll find that everyone, that the positive people around you will make you feel really good about your success, however it is that you define it. And, and that's, I agree with you 100%. You define your success and many people don't take the time to define it. And that's where the idea of purpose is fundamentally you're providing direction, your purpose pillars, as I was mentioning, honor, love, wellness, goodness, what does that mean to you? And, and I would propose to those listeners that once you get an anchor of what that means, quantitative, qualitative, you get direction of what your best self is. And then that idea of managing to that, understand best self doesn't mean constant success. It's the choice to perform. And that performance allows you to take that journey in life that you define. And that if you have a framework to think about how can I improve what I want to achieve based on my purpose pillars, my purpose, in whatever way you choose to measure it, that creates a framework for satisfaction. And I think life satisfaction will fundamentally put you in a position where if you can walk off the field at the end of the day and say, I did my best, I think that is a pretty well, as a pretty, as a wife of life well lived for sure. You know, and a lot of this stuff is, uh, has been defined a long time ago. You know, it was actually Abraham Maslow that had the, uh, you know, had the different levels and tiers of, and the top was self-actualization, which is simply defined as doing what you feel that you're capable of doing. Uh, it is a very hard level to achieve. I've been there a couple of times in my life and it's very fulfilling, you know, just now, now with that, uh, you do begin to like, I redefine success as I move down the road. And, you know, you, you know, we were mentioning earlier about how to measure that performance. Um, I mean, it's, is there a real way to measure it other than your own? Well, it depends on, you know, what motivates you. I think that, you know, you have folks and I might fall into, you know, I I fall into the bucket, like quantified self. And I went through this routine over five years where I actually measured a bunch of different variables that people typically don't correlate, but I wanted to see how I was performing against my relationships, how I was performing personally and professionally, physically, mentally, emotionally. And it really gave me a true appreciation of how interconnected those things are. And going back to your physical element, and this is where the startup athlete is, if you're just grinding yourself down, you will not perform as well as you think you are because you're just busy. You're busy doing stuff, making poor decisions, most likely, that is impacting big, big ships. It's like you know, a, a, a huge ship in the ocean, cargo ship, little tiny moves will have a real big impact in the long term. Stupid decisions because you are just ground down 
it has the same impact in your life. And so like focusing, and I saw this correlation and there's plenty of evidence, especially with elite athletes or top performers. This is not something that I've just seen. I have researched this. You see it playing out. If you can put yourself in a, in a, in a position where you are nurturing yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically, you're going to end up having much better outcomes in your life and your overall ability to perform. Yeah, I think you have a good point there. It's, uh, you know, one of the things that I've talked about in the past is, is that, that feeling that getting what you want and that feeling of self-actualization is actually a short-term antidote for a lot of the crap that like you can, but, but it's not sustainable. And eventually like, I don't know, you got to have that well-rounded feel. Um, and, and I mean, for me at this point, I mentioned continuing to redefine success. Like, I mean, I think 15 years ago, that was probably driven by money and income and bank account size and stuff like that. And as, as I've gotten a little older and I, I like to think wiser, it's more about like how happy are the people in my organization, you know, cause you know, cause I'll tell you what, if they're all miserably unhappy, then I'm getting ready to not have an organization to right. manage. So if I'm all wrapped up in that, that's, that's a real challenge. Okay. So, um, you know, we probably should have mentioned this at the beginning. What do you think the biggest, uh, what do you think the biggest challenge is for entrepreneurs when it comes to just defining their purpose at all? I think that peeling away what it is that's compelling them to achieve something, which is most people won't take t the time to think about it. Um, but they are ultimately probably believe that by achieving some great success is going to have great meaning in their life and they pursue that. But I think really stripping back what is it, what they do well as an organization, what kind of impact is it going to have on the world, this common goodness, and connecting that with their employees as core to their culture. So every day that everybody gets up, they know in some small way they make the world better, has an enormous impact. And the more you can connect with that as a leader, the more you can connect that purpose with your organization, the more you're going to create a culture that drives itself because they know it's not the dollars that drive it. It's the incremental good they have in the world. And that fundamentally drives them. And, and I once again, good doesn't mean like they have to save a tree or that they have to cure a disease. It's just how they show up every day makes a difference. If you can communicate that as an entrepreneur, you'll have people that will, you know, fight to the death to, to make sure that you're successful. Yeah, I think helping other people get what they want is the is the key. And and that it, it you'll end up getting what you want in the end. Uh now there that that's that's tricky. That's tricky. And, you know, and maybe something we can talk about is we, I, I told you before we started that this episode, these episodes go by pretty quick and here we are, we're, we're running out of time. I, I like to end my shows and I say my shows, I'm not the only host of Startup Hustle. Make sure you tune in weekly with Andrew Morgans, uh, the CEO and founder of Marknology and Amazon Brand Accelerator. He loves talking about e-commerce and Amazon. Tune in with Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her, and congratulate Lauren and, uh, and a nice review for being brave enough to tackle so many topics that I am honestly scared to touch. So she is, 
She is socially uh, uh, innovative and and amazing. So, um, and you know, if you haven't had a chance to to tune in, uh, by the time this episode comes out, Matt Watson and I will finally be through our fifty two part series on how to start a tech company. We made that just for you guys. We really uh, and in true in true startup fashion. Pete, I will tell you that we are delivering our 52 part series about six weeks late. So, uh, it feels, feels, <laughs> we realized at one point we were, we had, we missed a few episodes cause, cause shit happens. Well, guess what? So that's the way it goes in business. So we figured the most realistic thing we could do was just, uh, admit that we were a little far behind. Now I mentioned the founders freestyle and, you know, we, we, we kind of rapid fire went through a lot of stuff and some of these, some of the things we we talk about, I mean, they're heavy things. They almost there's probably 15 different things and that we discussed that probably warrant their own show. But uh, I mean, what are some of the things that come to mind in this conversation, or anything that we may have left out that's important to remind everyone? I think that the core thing that I would tell people to think about is what's your what is your purpose? And ask yourself. How do you know you're living it? What are your values that fundamentally allow you to stand true, regardless good or bad situation? And then how aware are you about the decisions you're making to ensure that you are on a path, a journey to achieve what you think is important in life? Yeah, I, you know, I think one of the things that I'm thinking, and you know, like I mentioned, we went through a whole lot of different stuff, and there's there's all this uh, this data and uh, facts that say that people that write down their goals do better, and you know, I mean, there's like a lot of math. Now, here's the thing: if you go out and talk to people, only about three percent of people have out actually written their goals down, and um, which means you haven't really clearly defined them. And a lot of people think something magical happens between the head and the hand. And when you write it down, it becomes a real thing. And I want to maybe suggest that you do the same thing when it comes to your purpose. Um, I think one other thing, and I think you would agree with this as a, as a VC, you know, when I've made investments in the past, I always look, I'm like, how passionate is this founder about the solution that they're offering? And if there's a lack of passion there, I think that the ability for that to become a winner is minimal, minimal. So I yeah. think that structuring your your purpose around the things you're passionate, and you, you indicated the same thing. Now, normally I'd end the show here, but I want to actually give you a chance to, to agree or disagree with that because I think so, the passion part yeah, is key. Matt, I- one hundred percent on the passion. I think that's just in general in life, um, but certainly with somebody that's building something for nothing. But with regards to writing stuff down, you know, purpose. For, you go to purposefirst.com. I actually slashed the entrepreneur because I knew people would have difficulty typing it. But you can go to both. You know, <laughs> no, no, dude. Nobody, <laughs> no, nobody knows how to spell entrepreneur without spell check. That's <laughs> actually including a true me. fact. There is no one that can spell yeah. it. So you go to purposefirst.com and there's a free workbook. And the whole idea is the is a companion book to the to the companion workbook to the book. So people would write it down. And I actually split it out because different people work different ways. You get into the philosophical framework of the book, or you can get the practical perspective of the workbook. But you got from my perspective, you got to write it down because it's going to change. And you want to know why it's changing? 
so you can make sure that your performance is matching what matters to you. So all those things are right on, Matt. And you're right. I really enjoyed the conversation. We could probably go into each of these topics. Like we could we could do a 52-week show maybe. That would be next year's <laughs> challenge. But we'll make sure that we make it in 100 weeks. So that way we're, we're – we'll only, actually... only if we can deliver it late and over budget. <laughs> yeah, amen. You know, like I said, the, our, our, uh, our, our purpose here at – uh, startup hustle is to deliver the real story of entrepreneurship and, you know, to kind of close this out. Hey, it's not easy people. And it's, I mean, if it was, if it wasn't a challenge, everyone would be an entrepreneur. Some people agree with this and some people don't, but, you know, I mentioned Elon Musk earlier. He likes to say that you're paid uh, according to the value of the problem that you solve. And I, I actually believe that there's a lot of merit to that. And, you know, so if you're passionate about solving a problem, you and there's a problem to be solved, uh, you're on to something. I mean, that's really like the very first fundamental question. Like when you talk about you know, we do so much to build software. So what problem does your software solve? And if the answer is nothing, you've got nothing. So I'm going to go ahead and end the conversation there. And uh, and for those of you listening, go pick up a piece of paper, just write some shit down. Write it down. See what happens. It's a lot easier to make it happen once it becomes real. I'll, Pete, I'll, I'll catch up with you down the road, man. We're, we're going to definitely do this again. Awesome. Great talking to you, Matt. Appreciate it. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.